cast a spell on me. Oh my god, it's not making it in there. <laughs> Is that the best you can do? Idly <laughs> kicking feet? <laughs> Welcome back to Tuesday Gaming. We are Swiss Army Scorpion. <laughs> really good so intro. Stupid. <laughs> That's actually one of the better intros we've had in the last two months. Thanks, Nick. So here we are at Blood Cove. I believe uh, I believe Scram just made a uh, little discovery on the streets, but we're not gonna Take worry it. about Scram right now. That sounds good. Meanwhile, Manny and Sendera are back at the Mascador. I don't know if. Anybody else might happen to be here uh, for this, but... I'm with the masked intern. I don't currently have tabs on the masked intern. Oh, well, that's where I am. <laughs> I don't have tabs on him either. Like, what time of day is this? I guess it's like noon. I'd probably be in town carousing then. So it's just Manny and Sendera uh, in the lower hold of the Mascador. And Sendera has laid a clean white sheet on a long table. She places your musket lengthwise on the sheet, as well as a funnel, a pail of water, cork, a small bottle of pungent, fruity-smelling oil, a small metal instrument shaped like a corkscrew, which you know to be called a worm, a musket tool, which is basically a special screwdriver for muskets, a small, thin piece of metal with a wider base for a handle, which you know to be called a pin punch, your powder horn full of gunpowder, and a pouch full of a fibrous material resembling light blonde hair, which you know to be called toe. She leaves an empty pan on the floor next to the table. Sendera pulls her holy symbol of Besmera from beneath her blouse and grips it tightly in her hand. She holds out her other hand for Manny to take in joined prayer. With her eyes closed, she speaks to the Jolly Roger. We pray to Besmera, the Pirate Queen. Before us is Emmanuel's trusty musket. It has shot true more times than I can remember, and saved many lives, including my own, and taken many more, especially that vile, honorless man, he who would steal from one of your own priests, Captain Plug. Besmara, the sea banshee, we follow your code obediently. We end our quarrels on shore, whether it be a busy port or a quiet sandy beach. For surviving at sea means working together, even among enemies. Except for that one time when Manny killed Captain Plug, but we were, like, just offshore, and shit had just got out of hand. I'm sorry, we'll need a mully on that one. Any lashes or other punishments yet unfulfilled are waived when a sailor enters port, for such a sailor would be quite within his senses to find a new crew instead of returning to a promise of more punishment. But most importantly, we keep our truces, even ones we don't plan to honor, until the horizon at the very least. For only an unsporting captain would fail to give a weaker one a head start after breaking a promise of peace. Failing to follow such a policy is a threat to all pirates. In return for following your code, we ask that you see to Emmanuel's musket, for as trusty as it may be, it is even older and is limited by its date of manufacturing. Please, Besmara, the doom of sailors, bless this musket in your holy name. In response to Sandera's prayer, the pail of water briefly bubbles and steams as it rises in temperature. Sandera picks up the powder horn and carefully pours out a small amount of gunpowder, forming a rune on the table. She then places the powder horn down and retrieves a flint and steel from her pocket. She clenches them both, both in a closed fist and slams them palm down onto the rune, creating a spark igniting the gunpowder, which goes off in a loud bang, accompanied by a large, albeit quick, flash, leaving spots across your vision. You reflexively blink again and again, and as you do, you can see an image superimposed behind your eyelids. A musket, smoke trailing from its barrel, it's pointed, is pointed at a chelish soldier, blood leaking from the joints in his armor. All around the soldier, a battle rages before an enormous lake, on one side of the battle, a large red flag stands tall, a sword crossed with a hammer stitched into a bottom corner. On the other, the red and black flag of Chelyx burns. You don't recognize the setting, but you remember well the stories your father told of his adopted father, who fought in the Malthoon army when the nation seceded from Chelyx almost a hundred years ago. As the image fades, you can see Sandera setting the musket vertically on the floor so the barrel is pointing straight up. Though you'd expect her hand to be a burnt mess from the combusting powder, it seems completely unharmed. She affixes the funnel onto the barrel and pours some of the warm water in it. She then places the pail back on the table, removes the funnel, and stoppers the barrel with a cork. With two hands, she tilts the musket back and forth, working the warm water up and down the barrel. 
Manny, you've done this many times, and know that this is the first step in cleaning your musket. After a minute, Sendera unstoppers the barrel and pours the water out, and into the empty pail on the floor. Manny, you're usually pretty rigorous with upkeeping your musket, so the water is only slightly dirty when it comes out of the barrel. But you know that this process needs to be repeated until the water comes out clean. Before repeating the process, though, Sendera once again spells out a rune with gunpowder and ignites it with flint and steel. Another bang and bright flash, and another image is burned into your vision. You see another battle you don't recognize. More chelish soldiers oppose the musket wielder, but this time, they've brought fiends from hell with them. Giant skeletons with spines that continue past the pelvis, resembling a wicked scorpion tail. Acid green men with foot-long barbs protruding from their skin, and a large scaly devil wielding a long, deadly spiked chain, with wings and horns that themselves nearly dwarf the men fighting. Sendera fills the barrel with more water and corks it shut. She works the water through the barrel and pours out more dirty water. She repeats the process three more times before the water comes out clean. Each time she ignites another gunpowder rune, burning another image of battle into your vision. Manny, you know that just because the water now comes out of the barrel clean, it doesn't mean that the inside is actually clean. Indeed, Sendera then removes the musket's ramrod from its fixture and affixes the worm to the end of it. She then separates a length of toe from the bunch in the pouch and snags it on the worm's sharp metal corkscrew. With the musket held upright in place with her legs and free hand, she inserts the ramrod into the barrel worm first and works it up and down, collecting, you know, additional gunk that the water failed to get. After a minute, she removes the ramrod, revealing a wad of toe stained black. She throws the used-up toe into the pail on the floor and replaces it with a clean strand. Like with the water, she repeats this step a number of times before the toe comes back out unblemished. After each time, she ignites more gunpowder, showing you more flashes of those hellish battles. When the toe finally comes out of the barrel looking clean, Sendera ignites a gunpowder rune, and this time, the image you're shown isn't of a battle, but a funeral. A soldier holds a small box in one hand and the musket in the other. He's handing both to an adolescent half-orc, who's clearly doing his best to hold back tears. Though this image of him is very young, Manny, you recognize this half-orc as your father. As the image fades, Sendera can be seen applying a small amount of pungent, fruity-smelling oil to the toe on the worm. Manny, you usually use whatever oil is at hand, but you recognize the smell of olive oil, which you've likely been using ever since you were press-ganged, as the ship's kitchens had no shortage. Sendera again inserts the ramrod into the barrel and works the oiled-up toe up and down. With the next flash of gunpowder, you see a young woman. Manny, you immediately recognize the fair skin and blonde hair of your mother, albeit much younger. A man lies dead at her feet, knife still gripped tightly in hand. The adolescent half-orc from before is now a young man, and gripped in his hand is the musket, smoke trailing from its barrel, having just dealt with the would-be mugger. Sendera throws away the oiled-up length of toe and removes the worm from the ramrod, which she does not put back into its fixture, and instead places on the table. She then takes a new length of toe and applies more oil. Toe in hand, Sendera wipes clean the ramrod and the outside of the barrel. Manny can be seen with the following flash, albeit younger, about 18 years old. He sits in a small room on a bed. The half-orc, now much older, sits next to him, removing the musket from a duffel bag. With tentative hands, Manny reaches for it. Manny, you know that while the barrel is now clean inside and out, the job is not done. For the lock, the firing mechanism, must still be cleaned. Indeed, Sendera begins the process of removing the lock and first takes the hammer stall off, which is a length of leather that fits over the hammer when the musket isn't in use, the sort of safety. After that, she uses the musket tool to remove the two screws to keep the lock in place, and lifts it off the barrel. Sendera then begins to fully disassemble the lock, a level of thoroughness you know isn't commonly taken when cleaning, but nonetheless have gone through several times since owning the musket. With each tiny piece of lock removed, Sendera scrubs it clean with oiled-up toe. After nearly each piece removed, Sendera strikes another gunpowder rune with her flint and steel, burning more images into your vision. You see a still young Manny firing at some homemade targets in a jungle. You know that these are the jungles outside of Port Peril. The next image shows you shooting down a would-be mugger in a cramped alley within the city. The following image shows you surrounded by more muggers, but the muggers have backed off at the arrival of a rat folk, smoke trailing from the skyward barrel of his pistol. The next image shows you on the deck of a ship next to the rat folk, and you're firing your musket out to sea. The rat folk, though frozen in the image, is clearly mid-speech. You remember this rat folk, Skiv and Tack, taught you a good deal about firearms, including how to clean and disassemble them. With the lock fully disassembled and cleaned, the process is complete. However, Sendera is not finished, and begins disassembling the entire musket. 
She removes the sling, the leather strap used for carrying the musket when not in use, by undoing the screws along the trigger guard, and the stock, which is the wooden part of the gun, from the butt all the way to resting under the tip of the barrel. Next, she removes the barrel by undoing the screw at its base, and then using the pin punch to remove the pins along the length of the stock, which are affixed to tiny loops on the underside of the barrel. After each of these steps, you can see more images of Manny practicing with his musket under the guidance of the rat folk. Sandera then cleans the underside of the barrel, as well as the portion of the stock that seated the barrel in place. Sandera then gets to work removing the brass pieces under the stock that make up the ramrod fixture by removing several more pins with the pin punch. Each piece of brass is cleaned with an oiled-up length of tow. She also removes the trigger guard by taking out screws and two more pins. The trigger comes off next with another pin. Finally, the brass plate that covers the butt of the stock is removed with several more screws. Each loose piece of brass and metal is scrubbed clean, and each cleaned piece brings another flash, starting with the familiar image of a Rahodami sailor being put down. Most of the following images are very similar to the scenes that played during Sandera's ritual with Chip, but also including more recent images of merchant ships and Sahuagin. And finally, the musket is fully disassembled. Sitting on the table before you are ten screws, twelve pins, a ramrod, a hammer stall, the lock, sling, barrel, trigger guard, trigger, stock, and various pieces of brass. Sandera takes a deep breath and holds her arm out, fingers extended slightly, as if she were reaching for a door knocker. After holding this pose for a moment, as if collecting her concentration, Sandera moves her arm in two quick motions, first extending her arm all the way out, locking it, and then closing her fist as she jerks her arm back to its original position. With the loudest bang yet, all the pieces on the table are yanked through space, colliding together at Sandera's hand, which now grips a fully assembled musket, which she then hands to you. Hot dog. Yeah, I don't know how the fuck you do that. <laughs> But yeah. that's freaking tight. Yeah. You, that, that was pretty awesome. Thank you. You'd be surprised how few fully detailed instructions on disassembling an old-fashioned musket there are on the <laughs> internet. <laughs> so your old musket had clearly been well used. Many pieces had become slightly loose, a result of years of wear and tear. Now the musket actually feels like one single part, each individual piece fitting snugly in precisely the right way. The metal parts now have a sheen that cleaning could never bring out of such an old weapon. Atop the barrel, near the opening, is a small sliver of metal pointing straight up. At the base of the barrel is another addition, with a sliver of open space cut into it. As you look down the barrel, as you always do to make a shot, you find that lining up these two pieces will improve your aim beyond what just your eyes are capable of. On the side of the stock, about where the wrist of your trigger arm would rest, is a small carving of a Jolly Roger painted black the symbol of Besmera. The musket can now act as a holy symbol for Besmera should its wielder ever require divine focus for spellcasting. And that's your new musket. Nice. Freaking tight. Very nice. Nice. So you're welcome, I guess, or whatever. <laughs> thanks, Sandera. You're the best. I give her yeah. a pat on the butt. Aw, oh, thanks. She pats you on the butt. <laughs> so, uh, I'm, I'm getting a bit of cabin fever. What do you say we go for a walk? Oh, let's do it. I gotta find a guy that can cast an air bubble. Alright, so you two uh, head out. Devoth, you said you were out and about? Yeah. Doing anything specific? I figured this would just out, like, lining up buyers for plunder and stuff like that. Okay. Alright, uh, cut back to Scram. So you've been staring at this picture for, like, ten minutes now. People are starting to look. So uh, yeah, it's a it's a picture. It's a very poorly drawn picture. Very crude, like, almost like a child did it. A, a corpse standing upright. With like this like squid-like creature sitting on its head, which you immediately recognize as an Incutilis, the thing you guys ran into at Rickety Squid. Do I do a? Would I think that this might be a, like a gang sign or like a? Why don't you do a diplomacy check to gather information about this sign? Okay, we're fucked. It's <laughs> alphabetical. Yep, <laughs> seventeen. <laughs> I want to make sure I had the right number. So, after asking around for a little while, because most people are just kind of, like, walking past this thing, like, and the few people who, like, do seem to notice it are just like, oh, it's just a little bit of graffiti, and they just walk right by. So, like, most people that you're asking are just like, I don't know, have, like, no idea that it's even anything significant. But you do eventually come across a couple people who are like, like, yeah, yeah, I saw a, uh, I saw a little boy, like, six or seven years old, putting that sign up a few days ago. That's all I get out of, the, out of those people, and you're, like, asking around a little bit. 
for a little bit longer. And you finally get somebody who remembers seeing that little boy and they, they've, they've seen him recently in the area and they tell you where you can find him. Well, I learned this the first time. Never adventure on your own. Oh, come on, uh, Tom. <laughs> but yeah, but man. It, but it's okay this one time. I promise. Uh, I'll start walking. If it looks like it's leading to somewhere sketchy, I'm like, I'm backtracking it to wherever I can find the crew. Okay. Uh, I mean, Blood Cove is kind of sketchy sketch. throughout. <laughs> it's it's a city called Blood Cove. <laughs> yeah. And it's like it's like a... You do the math. <laughs> yeah, no, it's like a, like a rainwashed pirate city. The directions don't take you anywhere that's like significantly more sketchy than your current location, though. Okay. If that's what you're asking about. Yeah. So, uh... I guess I start walking towards uh, where they would, uh, where they pointed to. Okay. Uh, it doesn't take you super long. Uh, and you see a young boy just kind of sitting off to the side on the uh, boardwalk. He's got like a little tin cup and he's just like begging for copper pieces, like New York City style. So uh, I pull up. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Hello, little boy. <laughs> Would I you like some candy? I myself am a little boy and have <laughs> lots to spare. I kind of hold out a gold piece, and uh, I'll tell you what, you can uh, get this gold piece, and uh, if you tell me any information on that painting uh, over on the other side of, of a building, like, specific, I'm trying to paint a mental picture for him, like... I would imagine he knows the city pretty well. Yeah, so uh, I described the exact painting, like, of the Incutilis uh, person. Mm -hmm. And you give him the gold piece? No, 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 I have the gold piece in my hand. He's offering a bribe for information. Right. Make a diplomacy check. Twelve. He looks like he's six or seven years old, and uh, he's looking at that gold piece. He, like, looks back at you. He's like, well, well, sir... uh, I, I I saw one of those one of those monsters recently. He atta- he attacked my dad. I've been living on the streets ever since. Oh. He's inching inching closer to that that gold piece. Where exactly uh, did you see this creature? At my house. They're not common. Uh, how long have you been on the streets? About a week. I handed the gold piece, Takes and it. he's like holding it up to the sun. Right. And he like. Puts it in his shirt or something. I take out a second secure. gold piece. <gasps> if you, uh, if you come follow me, so that way uh, we can have a conversation with uh, one of my group. Um, I'm certain we can resolve that issue for you. It really sounds like you're promising this kid that we can get his father back for him. <laughs> no, yeah, I was say, what issue? Yeah, well, like, <laughs> uh, it doesn't no seem dad like problem you've got. <laughs> Meet the Mass Shield. He's your new dad. <laughs> Mass Shield. Meet uh, the next masked intern. The masked kid. <laughs> so you give him a second gold piece, or you hold it out? I'm holding it out. Okay. Uh, so he says, he says, yeah, okay. Uh, give me that second piece of gold and maybe some food. I'll I'll follow you to your friends. We can get uh, food on the way when we meet my. Uh, when we meet my captain. Okay. I mean, if he's begging for copper, you got a promise with gold. <laughs> yeah. We'll probably do whatever the fuck you want. Yeah. All right. All right. So he uh, he agrees to go with you. I'm assuming Devoth is somewhere in town. I have no idea where. But uh, my first town. my first goal is to uh, kind of head back to the ship. Maybe I could catch him on the way. Find mm-hmm. the huge boisterous plunder man. Right. Or maybe the local tavern. I'm probably searching the local tavern first. Probably a good call. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You're leading a little six-year-old around through the local taverns? Don't think about it. <laughs> okay. Just checking. They don't exactly have uh, have any signs up. You must be 21 or over to to enter. <laughs> right. Uh, so you... Uh, and if they did, Scram wouldn't be allowed to enter either. <laughs> so, you bring, so you bring this kid into uh, the tavern you guys went to the last uh, couple days... Hanging out with Price. Yeah. And uh, I imagine you see Devoth there. I called Devoth over. Uh, Devoth, can I have a word with you? Is that your captain? He's like pulling on your sleeve. Yes. He holds his hand out. 
this kid that screams when he's like waving you over, like over here, really, really quick. I figure I'm just in a corner booth, like feet up on the table, like come have a seat. We're having a good time. He follows you over to Devoth. You don't summon the captain. <laughs> <laughs> hey, captain. Yeah, well, it's also a six-year-old. I, I once again, I, I, I didn't want to lead him into like the actual tavern, but yeah, sure. He grabs a menu on his way over. He lives on the streets. <laughs> Careful, might be dodgy in here. Yeah. <laughs> I hand him the gold piece, you know, motioning him to sit down. I'll get whatever you order. I'll pay for whatever you order. So, uh, what brings you in here so early, and who's the kid? Yeah, I'll have a Happy Meal with apple slices and a Sprite. Thanks. Uh, Why even get the apple meal if you're, or the apple slices if you're going to get a soda? Maybe he likes apples, Nick. You ever think of that? Yeah, I didn't think so. <laughs> no six-year-old <laughs> likes apples more than they do French fries. Okay, Depends yeah, that's what I thought. It. Yeah, so well, sounds like there's something suspicious with this six-year-old. Maybe you guys should look into it. Uh, anyway, so yeah, who's the kid? I ran into a funny picture um, of an incutilis uh, on the head of a corpse, and a lot of people seem to point out this kid as being the one to have drawn it. I uh, turned to the kid. Did you draw that picture? That depends. No, it doesn't. Either you did or you didn't. What's an incutilis? <laughs> what did you bring me, Scram? <laughs> <laughs> well, he stated that his father was attacked by one of uh, those squid-like things. Yeah, I drew that picture. Uh, is that an incutilis? That is an incutilis. I drew the picture of the incutilis. All right. Well, why don't you tell me what happened then? He says, well, like I told him over there, he points to Scram, one of those squid things attacked my dad at my house, and I've been on the streets ever since. And I didn't know what else to do, so I just drew a picture of it. Have you seen this creature since? No. Have you been back to your house since? No. Where was your house? What are you going to do at my house? Well... My initial response was, more than you're doing with it at the moment. But that's kind of a dick thing to say to a six-year-old. <laughs> Dude, you're the captain. <laughs> say it. Captain Devoth doesn't afraid of any tactless comments to a six-year-old. Um, well, we do. I'd like to look into uh, what happened to your father. We ran into one of those creatures a month or so back, and uh, I don't wish what it does on anyone. And if I could stop it from spreading, I will. Can you save my dad? We will try. Make a diplomacy check. 22. Isn't it a bluff check? The diplomacy is more to improve his attitude and be more helpful than to deceive him. True. Regardless. Regardless, uh, it's a 22. Yeah. He says, okay, I'll show you where my dad lives. I just don't want you to, I just don't want you to hurt him. So he finishes eating his food. I kind of look at Devoth after he says that, like, he's still around. Like, I, I give you that kind of look, like, uh, I, I'm just, like... I just kind of, like, shrug, and I tell you, like... Okay. He shrugs and picks up his axe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, not for long. <laughs> while, while he's eating, why don't you go get, uh, go get Manny and Shield and get back here. I throw three silvers on the, um, on the table. Whatever doesn't go to, to the tavern goes to the kid. Uh, I go pick up Shield and... Everybody else. You're going to have trouble finding S.H.I.E.L.D. <laughs> I start heading back to the ship. To uh, That's kind of my best chance. That's not where he is. Good luck adding me to this plot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Eat shit, Scram. <laughs> All right, so you go back to the Mascador. And on your way, you bump into Manny and Sandera. I say uh, Devoth wants to have a meeting at the tavern. He'll explain when you get there. When? Right now. When does he want it? Oh, right now? Yeah. Alrighty. I will keep on walking towards the tavern. Sandera leans in close to Scram and she's like, Tell Manny how much you like his new musket. He's real fond of it. It's like when your friend gets a haircut. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when you can ask him about his haircut. Manny, did that, uh, is that a new musket? I thought you couldn't separate from your old one. No, this is my old musket. Don't be crazy, Scram. And Sandera's uh, like, Scram, you idiot. It's the same musket as before. I know, I was trying to lead him into it. As soon as we're out of earshot, I'm going to lead over to Sandera and go, 
that boy gets dumber and dumber. He knows I never get rid of my musket. <laughs> I'm trying to find the mass shield wherever the hell he is. He is nowhere to be found. You could be yelling, shield! And even if I heard you, I, you, you could be where he is and he wouldn't be there. I yeah. look in the shadows. Well, oh, that's where I am. Oh, but. shit. <laughs> you could be just calling out, free shields! <laughs> <laughs> and he would ignore you. Well, I'll I might take a look-ski, but <laughs> you wouldn't see me taking a look-ski. So, Joe, what's Mass Shield doing? Masked Brotherhood stuff. I see. Okay. Super top secret. Got it. To be revealed. Someone to show Very us. soon. Basically, the Mass Shield, like, when we go into these ports and stuff, mm. like, he's not, you know, the officer... It's not like you need him to accomplish stuff. He's like more crew God member. God knows you haven't needed him so far. <laughs> <laughs> but I say like the crew is off, you know, doing whatever the fuck all, right? The plot, yep. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. That's our opening right there. That was brilliant. Keep going. No. <laughs> no, come on. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I was just saying, like, yeah, you guys are all, like, officers and been together for Mad Long. S.H.I.E.L.D. is, you know, here to help and loyal and, you know, with you guys and fighting with you guys. But also, he's got shady side business that mm. he needs to take care of whenever no. possible. All right. And, and when he's out on the pirate ship, he really, you know, right. is limited by that. I'll be around after that. But, like, I got contacts to talk to. I got deals to make. And I got a masked intern who I'm trying to... Not absorb into the cult, but, you know, pretty much that. By cult, you mean? Brotherhood. <laughs> Did I say cult? <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry about that. How long would it exactly take me to kind of, like, search? The kid's going to be hungry again by the time you can't find me. <laughs> so you're looking for a few minutes for Mass Shield, and then, if, like, eventually, you, you're like... <laughs> Come back, like, five minutes later. I checked outside. He wasn't I, I, there. I looked everywhere. I think Devoth would there. rather you come back than spend all day looking for right, Mass right. Shield. You, right. You probably have that same. My MO conclusion. is not, you know, unknown to you either. Yeah. You know, it's like. You're like, oh, I can't find him. Oh, he's probably doing his his thing that he does. Right. My, my big thing is this, I was essentially expecting you, like, to go to the ship and back. Right. Yeah. Like, if he was on the ship, fine. If you don't run into him between here and there, then. Fuck it. Let's go. Right. All right. So, Devoth, you're waiting back at Arcane Marks. Yep. And uh, Manny and Sendera come waltzing in. And a few minutes after them, Scram comes back. I just look at him like, no shield? All right. I better start being useful or I'm going to leave him here. <laughs> I heard you. <laughs> the you're all. He's under the table the whole time. Kids <laughs> <laughs> just eating his half meal, like idly kicking his feet. You're out. Ow, ow. <laughs> <laughs> you just hear block, block, block. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, kids done eating. Everyone's here. I gotta go to the bathroom. I'll do it on the way. Let's go. <laughs> oh, just like the entirety of my last week. So, lead on. Oh, he leads you to the way to his house. Uh, I'm sure at some point you bring Sendera and Manny up to speed. Yeah, eh, we don't really question it. So it's about like 15 minutes walking through the city. You get to the boy's house, which is medium-sized. Uh, looks like his father was, at the very least, like upper middle class. Uh, the house is built into a lower root system, and the water's surface is just a short drop from the house. Okay. So he says, there it is. I'm going to stay here. That's probably a good idea. We'll be back. So you guys approach the house. Mm -hmm. Before opening the door, I'm going to like pull out chip and just have him ready okay uh, i will also have my musket ready okay i will have my hands ready get away from that little boy tom <laughs> <laughs> so there you are at the house the door is actually already slightly ajar okay again i make sure chip is ready and i push the door open uh so you enter the furniture in the room has been like pushed up against the walls blocking doorways into other parts of the house uh, to make room for, like, there's, like, all these, like, boxes and chests that are, like, all over the room. Inkytillus is hoarding stuff like he was in that cave. I don't know. And you see in the middle of the room is a hole that has been broken into the floor. And, and then you see 
almost immediately upon entering, a man, clearly mm. dead, with an inkutilis on his head. Oh! Roll for initiative. Nice roll, Tom. My god. Way to really go first in there. Devoth. Seven. Scram. Twenty-two. Manny. Nineteen. All right, Scram, you're up first. I'm going to put on mage armor. Unprepared, as always. I <laughs> wasn't expected. What would Gare say? You knew we were going to investigate. I know, we were. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Manny, you're up. I kind of want to take a full round action, but I don't want to be, like, clogging up the doorway either. I'm already taking care of that action. Well, you can, like, step into the corner right there and kind of be out of the way. Okay, bingo. And then I'll full round. Okay. Now that my musket is a masterworks musket, it's an additional plus one to hit, but not damage. That is correct. Okay. That is going to be an 18 to hit. That's going to hit. Oh, baby, that's a 12 on the dice. That's 16 on the first one. Okay. I'll Don't use the alchemical cartridge to reload. Yep. I was wondering why he was all excited for a 12. Yeah. I was like, what? Yeah, I was like, <laughs> I was like, wow, yeah, that's... uh. A little over average. Adding four, yeah. <laughs> oh, damn it. Oh, that's pretty good, yeah. <laughs> Do more of that. That's going to be a 13 to hit. That's going to hit. 12 damage. Okay. You drop the zombie. Perfect. I'm going to spend another alchemical cartridge to reload. Uh, so Manny steps in. Pow, pow! And the zombie falls to the floor. Devoth. Your turn. The Incutilis, as far as you can tell, is still right. So I'm going to... I assume I'm in that first square, like right inside the door. So I'll just five foot step over, and I'm going to bring my axe down right on the Incutilis. Okay. Do you want me to do a cold shot for that, or just... Nope, just attack the Incutilis. Okay. Uh, power attack. That's that's going to do it. That's, um, that's a 25 to hit. That hits. Woo! Ugh, for eight damage. So it's now the Incutilis' turn. Seemingly without any verbal command, two creatures appear from the hole in the floor. Of course they do. Roughly resembling seals, the general shape of their bodies is that from like the quote-unquote waist down, they're like very fish-like, like a tail, a dorsal fin, but starting from the waist up, resembling a large cat what the uh, fuck? with two big muscular forearms and claws. Their coloration is much brighter, like an orange with like a, like a red pattern on them. Jeez. You guys make a knowledge arcana check. Come on, Scram, tell us what it is. Because I got a seven. Ten. Thirteen. Rolled a two. Oh, Thirteen. failure. Oh, Sendera is with us, though. Because she's very arcanically knowledgeable. <laughs> Well, eat shit. She got a 19 on the die. Ah, oh. yeah, there you go. <laughs> she goes, oh, look out. It's a couple sea cats. <laughs> no. they're, they're really just called no. sea cats? They're called sea cats. <laughs> no. So anticlimactic. <laughs> no one could have seen that coming. <laughs> <laughs> she goes, try not to get hit with, with both their claws. They'll really tear your ass up. Aye. And sea cat number one is going to move five feet and attack Devoth. The other one's going to move five feet. For once, we have the advantage on these waterborne creatures. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's going to take a bite. The 25 hit. That does. You take eight damage from its bite. Okay. Uh, Sandera's going to run in, and she'll uh, position herself next to Devoth. Nikitos is going to move to the south and like just be amongst the furniture and difficult terrain, but that does provoke from Devoth. Whoop, whoop. Uh, this is still power attacked. Uh, that's going to be a 13 to hit. I don't know why. <laughs> um, and it uh, it detaches itself from right. the corpse. Uh, what did you say you got to hit? 13. That does not hit. Uh, Scram, you're up. Uh, you're now sufficiently mage armored. Uh, I am going to spontaneous and Immolation on uh, the Incutellus. Damn. Okay. Does it need to make a saving throw? Yep. A successful fortitude save reduces the damage by half and produces it from catching on fire. Each round it can do a reflex save to put out the fire. Got it. So, it's got to make a fortitude save. Does a six save? No. Okay. Go ahead and roll damage. 
16 damage. Fire damage. Ooh. God. Roast that motherfucker. To a crisp. The Incutelus is just a smoldering, flaming ash pile, which is currently just reducing the value of the couch it's hiding under (laughs) (laughs) by the second. Okay. Uh, Manny, you're up. I'm going to start shooting at fish cat person. Sea cat. That's above the (laughs) hole. The one to the north of the hole? To the north of the hole. Guess that a 29 hits. Yes. And that's going to be 16 damage. Oh, Oh, nice to hear. 25 to hit. That also hits. For (laughs) 10 damage. They brought an Incutilis to a gunfight. (laughs) I will use an alchemical cartridge, reload, and end of my turn. Alright, good turn. Now Devoth's turn. Alright, I'm going to uh, to use a standard action to initiate my raging song. I assume Sandera wants a little piece of that. Sandera and myself. And I'm going to uh, kind of step over to where the Incutilis was and just face down the that sea cat. Uh, sea cat's turn. One's on Sandera, one's on Devoth. And because I enacted my, uh, my rage, my Scald's Vigor fast healing kicks in. Oh, okay. Uh, Alright, so Seacat's going to attack Sandera. She's got an extra 5 HP. Need it. That's a lot of rolls. So, she gets bitten and then gets hit with two claw attacks. Ugh. And after getting hit with the second claw, the Seacat rends. Sandera just took 20 damage. Oh my god. Uh, Alright, so now the other Seacat is going to attack Devoth. 16 to hit. Does not hit. Roll to confirm. Uh, 16 to confirm. Does not confirm. I'm going to Windy Escape the second claw. Alright. That's a 15 down. Okay. Wouldn't hit anyway. Alright, so you get hit with one claw. You take four damage. Uh, Sandera's turn. Oh, yeah? And she's going to uh, pull out her rapier. She's going to attack the sea cat that hit her, which was also the one that Manny shot. And she misses. She's then going to take a five-foot step back to where I was previously. Sandera doesn't look like she's in great shape after taking all those hits. I would imagine. So it's now Scram's turn. Scram, noticing that Sandera got hit, uh, his he will go after the one that hit her with a magic missile. Okay. And I believe I have two now firing. At fifth level? That's yes. three. Is it three? Because yeah. third level spells, so yep. he fires three. Okay. Seven plus one. Oh, plus three. Uh, ten damage. The sea cat snarls and stays up. Manny. Let's try and finish off the one that's hurt pretty bad. It's going to be a 20 to hit. That hits. For 13 damage. Still up. All right. Oh, wait a second. Uh, it's down. I was uh, adding damage onto Sandera's counter by accident. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was shooting it through Sandera. <laughs> All right, yeah. So you put that uh, you put that sea cat down, and then uh, an eighteen to hit the other one. It hits the other one, and that one only hit for seven damage. And I'll reload. Devoth's turn. I heal from my vigor. I maintain the rage, and I am power attacking with chip. That's a miss. Sea cat's turn. It's gonna go after Devoth. Twelve to hit. Nope. Roll to confirm. My God. And a 16 to confirm. Does not confirm. The exact same sequence. And I will ag- I will again windy escape the third claw. <laughs> the third attack. That's a natural one. Okay. Or we'll confirm that fumble. Uh, 20. Damn. Confirm. Doesn't confirm the fumble. Okay. And he did the exact same amount of damage. Four. <laughs> so we're just in like a waiting. He's doing four. I'm healing four. He's doing four. I'm healing four. And it's Sandera's turn. And she's going to take another step back. She steps back here. And she's going to cure light wounds. Oh, that feels much better. Scram. Scram uses a flaming sphere. Okay. She's going to make a reflex save? Yep. That's a 12. Does not make it. Okay. 15. Oh, your D6 is hot today. I know. The cat snarls and hisses and spits at the fire. And it's Manny's turn. All right, let's uh, try and finish that guy. Let's see. Five to hit. That hits. Eight damage. Nice. Okay. Still up. 
a lot higher to hit. That hits. <laughs> For seven damage. Still up. Devoth. Ah. Kill steel. Kill steel. You're a real scram. Kill with steel. <laughs> so I heal the four again from the vigor, maintain the rage again, and power attack the chip. Roll to confirm. Yeah. Oh, oh man. Oh, oh boy. The massive overkill. Uh, 19 to confirm. That confirms! Yeah. Tight. <laughs> Just barely. And slashing damage. Normal damage and 2d6 bleed. So it only Enjoy does that. 21 damage. That's your unmultiplied power attack? <laughs> yeah. I rolled oh, max damage. Holy shit. And go figure, it continues to bleed on the floor as it's dead. Yay! So you're left with a smoldering incutilis corpse under the couch right next to the couch is a now lifeless corpse which used to be an animated corpse which used to be presumably young boy's father and then next to the corpse are two dead sea cats i'm going to pick up the corpse and are there any like windows any back doors or anything else in this house looking uh yeah there's there, there are windows in the house, but they're all shuttered, closed. There's other uh, rooms to go into that are like being blocked by the furniture. And there's also a hole in the floor. Yeah. Which, right. if you look down, uh, leads to... It's, it's like a, a five-foot drop and then the ocean surface. Oh, okay. I'm going to drop the body into the water. Good okay. place for it. It lands with a splash. I'm going to have... Uh... Sandera and Manny give me a hand kind of rolling these sea cats also through the hole into the water. (laughs) From whence you came. Two more splashes. And I want to just start moving the furniture away and just check out the rest of the house, make sure there's nothing else lurking in here. Do you leave the incutillus? No, I stopped on it. Yeah, um, I'll pull that out and make sure it's dead, but yeah. And then you throw it in the hole? No. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'll chop that thing in half just to make sure. Okay, now it's double dead. Okay. So you move some furniture around. There's a couple bedrooms, a kitchen, and a bathroom. They're empty. There doesn't seem to be any other activity or life in the house. All the action was in the sitting room. Okay. All right, then uh, I head back out to uh, talk to the kid. Are you going to do anything with those chests and boxes? Oh, oh I thought that was part of looking through the house. Oh, no. I was I was just giving you the rest of the lay of the... Oh, the, yeah, I want to see what's in those before I go out then. Right. Okay, sorry. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, there's a number of crates and chests uh, clearly lifted from merchant ship holds in this, uh, in this room. We're going to find all our stuff. <laughs> We've been selling our stuff. Yeah. This thing's been stealing it so we can just sell it again. <laughs> um, the, the boomerang of... You just chopped that boomerang in half. Way to go. <laughs> and there's also a number of... Nautical charts on a table uh, with information on shipping lanes and trade cartels. That might come in handy for, I don't know, a pirate. Yeah, Mm. that would be very, very nice to have. Mm -hmm. So hand that to Scram and say, here, memorize this. The nautical charts cover an area including the Shackles, the Fever Sea, and a bit farther down the Gurundi coast to Sargeva. But the majority of information is in the Fever Sea. Using these charts while in the Fever Sea will grant the captain a plus two bonus on his profession sailor check to track down merchant vessels in coastal villages. Tight. Nice. Inside the boxes, you find a total of 100 platinum pieces, 1,970 gold pieces. Wow. Dude, these things are loaded. Right? They love treasure. And several precious stones. An amethyst worth 100 gold. A black pearl worth 500 gold, a carnelian worth 40 gold, a second carnelian worth 45 gold, very nice opal worth 500 gold, peridot worth 50 gold, a saltwater pearl worth 100 gold, and a sardonian worth 40 gold. Whew, a lot of I, precious stones. I sure hope uh, Master Shield was really up to something good. <laughs> <laughs> Because a thousand <laughs> platinum pieces was the start of the treasure. Yeah, uh, yeah. We just found like three thousand, <laughs> like about four thousand gold worth of stuff here. Jesus, <laughs> divided between the three of us. Oh my yep. God. Right. Yep. <laughs> that was wild. Cut to mass shield in the shadows. <laughs> sweet, 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 sweet. 
I wish to bring it up to Captain. There's a... We should maybe set aside some level of assets for the kid outside. No. Uh, to cut it from your share, then. I, <laughs> I would. Gladly. Oh, all right. Speaking of the kid, we should uh, we should go talk to him. We stuff our packs and pockets full of gold <laughs> and precious <laughs> stones and head outside. His gold. <laughs> clink, clank, clank, jingle, jingle, jingle. Shine. Sorry, kid, nothing inside. Jink, <laughs> jink, jink, jink. Uh, he's still waiting where you left him. He's kind of just like sitting down with like his knees up to his chest. Probably looking, heard the racket waiting. in there. And... Yeah. If nothing else, Manny's gun musket. Yeah. Yeah. Your dad's dead, kid. He's never coming back. I hey, throw five up, gold shut up, at him. Shut up. Keep on walking. Do you really say that? Yup. Oh my god. <laughs> yup. I would backhand you upside the head if you start saying that. Not kidding. You get backhanded. I, I guess I get backhanded halfway through. Not even halfway through the moment you go, yeah, sorry, kid, you're dead. Backhand. <laughs> Aye. He's going to have to know sooner or later his dad's dead. <laughs> My what? Manny, go back to the ship. You're on guard duty tonight. Oh. Have worth. fun with your new adopted son, apparently. Well, My, his what? <laughs> <laughs> the kid is looking at you with, like, big doe eyes. Did you, did you see my dad in there? After I make Manny walk away, I'll just kind of like, not squat down in front of the kid, but, you know, I'm just talking to him. Just, uh, yeah. Unfortunately, uh, that uh, that creature did kill your father. It's it's something, we've dealt with its kind before, and it doesn't, it doesn't leave things alive. Oh, um, oh, okay. Well, did you, did you, did you kill the squid monster? Very much so. Okay. We burned it to ash heap, and then I cut it in half. It's not going to trouble anyone else. Although, unfortunately, it's already troubled you more than enough for one lifetime. Yeah. Well, thanks, I guess. Hey, kid. What? Curse me. Tell you what. Ever been on a pirate ship? Uh, no, I, I haven't. I just grew up in this city. My dad didn't want me... He didn't want me on pirate ships. <laughs> well... Uh, I'm not going to force you into anything, but there is a ship in the harbor known as the Mascador. It's hard to miss. It's a big ship with bullhorns. Um, if you want, there's a place on ship for you. We're going to put you to work. You'll be part of the crew, but you'd be safe and you wouldn't be hungry and you wouldn't have to beg anymore. We leave in three days. If you're there, that's fine. If not, I wish you well. Okay. I'll, 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 I'll go look for it. He he doesn't really move. He's just kind of like staring at the house. I feel like he's not not completely with it right now. Yeah, he's he's yeah. he needs a minute. Yeah, of course. Scramble hang around and doing some level level of comforting. Uh, you know, telling a story like telling the story of like how I started at like young as a pirate, like mm-hmm. trying to. Okay, he's only like half paying attention. He uh he at one point like. Just, like, goes back inside his house. Uh, he doesn't stop you if you follow him. He's just kind of, like, sitting on one of the, the chairs, pushed against the wall. Right. Seems pretty upset. You, you get the feeling that he's semi-comforted by by you just being there and talking to him, even if he's not really listening. Right. Okay. Uh, so, what is everybody else doing? Uh, I go back to finish uh, selling whatever plunder whatever i was working on for the today and yeah that's it okay so uh mass shield what are you up to so <laughs> shield by the end of the night we'll be back in the uh you know tavern and he'll catch up with you guys okay he had to see some contacts had to do some business but uh he's ready to rejoin the party now he's ready to accept his share of the loot well <laughs> i mean if you wanted to you don't have to <laughs> Yeah, you're not getting that. That's fine. <laughs> um, so, Scram and Manny, you each get 1,448 gold. So it's now the next day. Okay. I'll start off with the uh, selling plunder. Okay. Do you need assists on that? I yes. can't remember. Yeah, that one you can assist with. All right, cool. It's the infamy check that I can't get assisted on. I'll, I'll, I'll say you can get an assist on the infamy check. Okay. Because it doesn't say that you can, but it doesn't say that you can't. And mm. I think... It's when it says that you can't is when you can't. Otherwise, 
I was thinking about it after the fact. It does kind of make sense to assist on the infamy because that's just yeah. like more people spreading the word. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You got more people corroborating your story about how awesome you guys are. Yeah. All right. So I need uh, three intimidate assist checks from you guys for the plunder first. All right. Does it just matter if it's over 10? Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Over 10? A- 10 or over. Nice. Was it three? I need one. He each. needs one from each of each. Oh, three. my first roll was all 10. That's you. good. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, I have 11 on the dice and 13. All right, Manny, how about you? Nine. All right, but... Plus eh. four. So plus four with my 13 plus 13 gives us a 30, which is enough to sell the plunder for 900. Yes. Nice. You find various buyers for some percentage of your stuff. All right, and now I need intimidate checks again for the uh, infamy assist. Just one? Yeah, one from each of you. Okay. Oh, nine. I have a 19 on the dice. What? what so am that's I enough to assist. 13. <laughs> 13. For, that's another plus four to go with my nat 20. Oh. 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 So that's going to be a 37. Oh. <laughs> that beats Ooh. it by 10. All right. The check so, is 25. So you guys get two points of infamy. Oh, Sweet. Telling, telling your tale. Oh, I won't even know what to do with that much infamy. I just got the shivers. We're now at four infamy and three disrepute. Nice. Wait, how do you only have three disrepute? I don't know. You but have... I had it written down that we had one infamy and zero disrepute to start with for some reason. No, you... and we haven't. Yeah, we haven't. You got four and four. Okay, even better. <laughs> uh, so you guys are back in, uh, back in the tavern, telling your stories about who knows what. You guys are all done. Everyone's like super pumped. Like, yeah, like, those guys are awesome. They're gonna, they're gonna make something of themselves. Manny, you are approached by a woman. She has pale blue skin and long teal hair. And um, if that made her stand out, uh, most notable of all is her striking lack of clothes. She has only a bikini top and very short shorts and a blue scarf tied around her waist, trailing behind her, as well as gloves thigh-length boots, and a coral necklace. Uh, Her revealing outfit displays a very full-figured body, as well as numerous tattoos. There's a long string of complex characters, starting at her navel and going up over her solar plex and between her breasts. She has a green jellyfish with orange spots on her right thigh and left forearm, a trident impaling a whale on her right bicep, storm clouds on her left hip releasing a bolt of lightning, and her entire right forearm is covered in a swarm of spiders. Tattooed spiders, though, right? <laughs> ah! <laughs> Get these off of me! <laughs> Please, someone! <laughs> uh, yeah, these are all tattoos. Among other tattoos, those are the most notable, most immediately identified. She says, uh, hello, is, is this seat taken? Not at all. She takes a seat. I couldn't help but overhear the stories you that you were all telling just now. That's, uh... Some pretty tall tales, if they're, if they're true. Eh, they might be. They might not be. There's always uh, always an element of, of flair and showmanship with uh, with pirate stories, but uh, you, you sure spin a, a good yarn. Allow me to introduce myself. My name's Isabella Locke. Pirates in the Shackles call me Captain Inkskin. Nice to meet She's you. She's a captain? You Whoa. can call me the Crimson Mask. Haha, <laughs> yes. Very fitting. And I am the masked shield. Ah, the masked shield is there. <laughs> I mean, we're all there, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This <laughs> th- this woman's turning heads, so yeah. I'm like, you'd probably all be aware that Manny's being chatted up by this. He's being by propositioned this by this blue lady. Yeah. yeah. Anyone who's interested can make a knowledge local check. Eight. Fifteen. Fourteen. Shield and Scram know that uh, she is. An aquatic elf. Ooh. It's like an elf. But from the but water. Aquatic. They live underwater. They have uh they have like undersea kingdoms made of coral and, and rock. Ooh. Uh, they will sometimes venture to the surface. Some of them will actually live above the surface, but by and large they uh they tend to live beneath the waves. They're more reclusive than your uh average elf. So she uh continues talking to Manny. You know, with uh, with all the stories, all the all the 
the daring deeds you've all done. Uh, I wonder if you've heard of a place called uh, Mancatcher Cove. Can't say I have. I nod along as though I've heard of it. You can make a knowledge local check to maybe actually have heard of it. Local or geography? Local or history? 16. Uh, 13. 8 again. Yes, Manny, you've heard of Mancatcher Cove. and uh, Like I said, I've heard of it. <laughs> <laughs> you know that it's said to contain an enormous treasure hoard. Oh. Captain Inkskin. Well, uh, I happen to be a, uh, a freshly minted free captain of the Shackles, and uh, I've set out to the Fever Sea because I'm hot on the trail of, of this treasure. I want to make it my own. If you've heard of it... No woman can have uh, this treasure, honey. Excuse me? Oh, I thought she was referring to me. Quite the confident one, aren't you? Well, if you, uh, if you happen to learn any new information about Mancatcher Cove could let me know and maybe I'll uh invite you to uh to my expedition and we can uh we can come up with some sort of deal splitting the treasure. I tell you what, if I come up with any information on Mancatcher's Cove, I'll invite you to my expedition. Yo, Shield's loving this by the way. <laughs> and his confidence just keeps rising. And she looks like she's about to like get up and leave and then uh she stops and she says What's an interesting necklace you have there? And she points to the uh, that strange rock that you found oh, when you were yeah. fighting the Sawagan. Yeah, it's been in my family a long time. Make a bluff check. 18. <laughs> she gives you a, a look. I think maybe she doesn't quite believe you. And she says, uh, been in your family, huh? Well, uh, they, they have quite the taste in uh, jewelry. Well, I guess I'll be seeing you around, Manny. Can I do a detect on motive on that? <laughs> sure. Sense motive. Or sense motive. That's a 10. You have a feeling she'll be seeing Manny around. She says, uh, I don't think I've seen you around Blood Cove before. If you ever need directions or want to know any anything about the city, just, uh, you usually find me hanging around, hanging around the tavern here. Come find me. Well, I'll be sure to do that. Mass Shield is listening very intently, like, hanging on all of her words. She goes up to the bar, orders a drink, leaves some copper on the counter, and... Leaves the tavern. Well, that was something. Newly minted captain. Just like Devoth. Aye, we'll get there. Our crew is probably stronger. We're very strong. I'm getting an idea. What if... And I get everyone to come closer to the center of the table. You know, like, move in, start whispering. Everyone leaves. What? (laughs) (laughs) I yawn and sit back in my seat. Okay, well, everyone but Devoth, who's too cool. (laughs) What if I was to... Don a disguise and scope out to a little recon from the shadows. Captain, this might be a good time to put him to good use, I guess. I just raise my drink <laughs> up in the air. Sure, have at it. Yes, yes. And I, I just start mumbling under my breath all the, the ways I'm going to do it. Yes, the local disguisery. Yes. <laughs> I'll talk to <laughs> Kieran Bangdor. He'll provide me with the right... And I just kind of yeah, mosey on out. You just uh-huh. you leave whilst mumbling to yourself. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. I mean, I'm still talking to the group, but if no one seems interested in helping me on my newly hatched idea, mm-hmm. so I'm what, just gonna keep uh, you know oh, rolling with it. If you now, what specifically are you planning on doing whilst disguised? I don't know. Recon, on finding what? more info on on her ship. Oh, okay. So looks like Shields the man with a plan. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyone else have anything? That they'd like to do for the rest of the day? Nope. I'm just uh, selling stuff and waiting for Price to finish his preparations so we can deal with his problem before we leave. Mm. Um, uh, just a quick update, too. We have three points of plunder left. What I'm going to do is I'm going to try to sell one more and leave the other two in the ship for like the next port we come to, just like in case we don't come across something before then. Just get some plunder right. handy. We have something to pay the crew with. Mm. Right. So... Masked shield, you. Uh... <laughs> I'm sorry. I was getting antsy for like this entire plot to hatch. I- I'm I'm excited for Masked Shield's uh, plot. Okay, so let's let's let him do it. Yeah, me too. Right. And we'll see how uh, we'll see how that goes next week. No, see ya, see ya, see ya, see ya. A six-four mountain of man comes up to you, dong hanging out from his. <laughs> Daisy dudes. <laughs> A tattoo that says my axe is up here. 